all you wagoners, politicians, pedagogues, thieves, tailors, ploughboys, harridans, and tattered amalians. The fairy folk have gathered around the new moonshine to see the fella crack a nut at night's noon time to swing his axe, he swears, as he climbs, he dares to deliver another episode of Seaside Pod Review. Sit back, grab a comfy seat and a good beer, because we're talking Queen. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Not on your Nelly. So you know what, Kevin? What's that? I think we should just get right the fuck to this. I'm fucking tired. I'm a little, <laughs> little fucking grouchy and a little, little irritated. Oh you no. Know, you know what though? That's uh, this is all of my own doing. I'm lying in the bed I made. This is my career choice. And uh, go fuck myself. <laughs> basically is what i'm saying well you were you were a pretty you sent me a photo i don't know if you were there today but i think yesterday you sent me a photo you were, you were a pretty historical um part of our country quite a quite a, a a meaningful kind of place i was in fact kevin thanks for noticing i did send you the photo though so it was really you know not terribly perceptive of you but uh... <laughs> i just said you sent me a photo <laughs> you are in a bad mood <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tired. Yeah, no. So yesterday I was at uh, uh, I was at uh, uh, Louis Riel's yeah uh, place, and uh, yeah, it, it's so. And as it turns out, it's really was he never actually lived there, but the uh, <laughs> it, it was yeah. Well, you know how the way these <laughs> things go. Uh, but he did, in fact, uh, he didn't. It was, in fact, the the Riel family home uh, at some point. Uh, and for you know any non-Canadians, uh, Louis Riel basically was sort of the de facto leader of the uh, Métis resistance against the colonial governments coming and taking their land. Really, and there's just no other way to put it. Yeah. Uh, besides saying they just literally stole the land right from them and uh, gave it to uh, white settlers. Yeah. So. You know, we'll we'll start on a light note. <laughs> yeah, it's a happy, just a happy, fun little thing. It is cool, though, and folks. You should. I mean, yeah, I would encourage it because it is interesting. It's an interesting history, and it's it's something you don't, you know, especially if you're not from Canada, you don't read about it. You don't know what Métis people are. You don't know that that's a whole sub history within the country that you know is kind of forgotten and and pushed to one side. And you know, and, you know, encouraged not to read about it and learn about it, right? But I think people should so. When uh, when we were taught that in, in in school, it was really pretty, just really glazed over. There's a yeah. lot of detail and nuance that was missed. Uh, <laughs> but but that is the uh, the cold hard facts is that it was literally stolen from them. The uh, the are the, the armies army was an army was brought in to quell the the rebellions, what they called it. But you know, as on the other side, they call it the resistance. And uh, you know, more than one Métis lost their lives. They were yeah. Lot these people couldn't read, couldn't write, and they had all these complicated colonial things and hoops they had to jump through, and and yeah. So yeah. anyhow, yeah, uh, and this is this is right at the heart of the Red River, which is where it all all ultimately really most of it took place, and then uh, a bunch of it in Saskatchewan at Batoche, the Battle of Batoche was the critical critical thing, and then they uh, they hung Louis Riel for treason. So yeah, good times. <laughs> well, Randy. On behalf of my people, 
uh, please accept a heartfelt well apart from the racists who are you know still part of my people please accept a heartfelt apology on my behalf for the actions of my ancestors awful behavior <laughs> all over the fucking world it wasn't just you and if that if that's any consolation it wasn't just your, your ancestors you know yeah yeah it's, we really you know the the british were the fucking kings of them all of it all fucking unbelievable we stole countries that's what you do. that's how you build an empire we stole countries with the cunning use of flags yeah <laughs> Just sail around the world and stick a flag in. I claim India for Britain. And they go, you can't claim us, we live here. 500 million of us. Do you have a flag? <laughs> Anywho, I wanted to show okay. you something, Randy, quickly um, that yes, Steve Jonkman had put together. I don't know if you noticed this online because I know you've been working lots and lots, but. So we did our um, bonus episode that I put out on Friday about, so we, we picked our, you know, 10 songs from the first 40 that we wanted yeah. to make. And so Steve actually went through and he put together the top 10 as voted for by our listeners, which means that he had to go back through every poll, jot down the results, and then put together this this Apple Music um, playlist. And he even created this um, this little artwork. So there you go. We've, we've got a playlist there now of our top 10 songs. Wow. Now, I did, I did notice that actually... Steve, I think, I think that somebody to love was like point two higher than time of the down, but still, very very cool. And man, that's a great playlist. You know, wow. probably just as good as ours. Um, the only ones that didn't make it for for us were these are the days of our lives. Yeah, think you you picked doing all right. I think. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You picked um, keep yourself alive off the debut album. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and nobody picked. Uh, oh no, I picked long away. So yeah, just just doing all right, and these are the days of our lives. Are the only two that neither of us pick. So you know, right. Well, so we're all simpatico, is what you're trying to say. We are all simpatico. Great word, great great word there, Randy. Great word. <laughs> I'm full of words. Those French, they got a word for everything. <laughs> Apart from, according to George Bush, entrepreneur. Do you remember that? <laughs> you know the fr- the problem with the French is they got no word for entrepreneur. <laughs> what a large what a large mind eh? oh my god i don't really remember that what that website i think I've, i probably shared it with you years and years ago there was a website called w speak so d-u-b-y-a speak.com and yeah. it was this website that listed all george bush's gaffes and it was organized into week topic like country time like it was it was and it's Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of them, and they are amazing. There's some absolute beauties on there. I encourage people to go to go check that out. And now he seems like a towering genius compared to Donald Trump. Oh my god! And that and that true though. Hey, when when Trump got in, we're all like, oh my god, I miss Bush. Yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about. We're talking. What are we talking, Brady? Why are we here? Well, Jesus Christ, Kev, at this point, it's funny, we have to still tell people, but you know what we're doing here, Kev, is we're, we are listening to some Queen songs generated at random, uh, at which time, after that, then we just talk and listen and talk, and we stop the song so often that you never really get the sense of the song, and uh, that's what we do. And then we put a poll up on the internet to ask other people what they think. Exactly, exactly. And so we'll get to that poll now, Randy. Last week, we obviously did um, I'm In Love With My Car, which... Man, god damn if that song wasn't stuck in my head all week. You know, we talked <laughs> we talked about the lyrics, but it's it's a 
it's a great song. Like I've come, I've I've swung further over to the it being a great song, and especially after some of the comments that our listeners made. But we did guess, we did try and guess what how the poll would come out. I said eighty-two to eighteen, but I really wasn't sure on this one. And you said you you went with your safe bet. You said seventy to thirty. So right. what was the outcome? What was the outcome of the poll on Twitter, Randy? Well, champion at eighty-seven three and dust at twelve point seven. So Kev takes the cake again, man. Yeah, it was closer on Facebook. The Facebook poll was 80.5% to 19.5%. And I would say that this is the highest number of votes we've had, our second highest number of votes on Twitter, and the highest number of votes overall on both Twitter and Facebook. So people have a lot to say about this song. Wow, cool. Uh, Jim C at Cody Sparkle says, of course it's a champion. It has terrible lyrics, great singing, and everything thrown at it in a maniacal mix. None of it should work, so all of it works. Bruce couldn't do this shit but Roger just fucks that car in the arse. Now, gross, Jim. I'm not sure which Bruce he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, that was wondering, because I, I had saw that tweet as well. I was wondering, what, Bruce? Bruce who? I don't know. Bruce, Jim, tell, us, tell us, Jim, and I didn't ask the question, but I just posted an actual Foley gif underneath. But... Nice. <laughs> Stephen Ursel, come on, Kev, the carburetor line is incredible. <laughs> Absolute best line in a song full of glorious lyrics. Preposterous concept, hilarious, straight-faced, full-on rock delivery. I love everything about it, and I love Roger for creating it. Yeah, I mean, if he if he didn't, you know, if he didn't sing the fucking living <laughs> shit out of it, and it was such a great song, uh, those would be really, really awful lyrics. Well, they're still awful lyrics, but but we, you know, it seems like we've all agreed that we're going to give him a hard pass on this one. Yeah, and I think that's something that someone else had said at one at one point, and maybe one of us mentioned it even in the episode, is that he does sing it completely straight. Like he sings, it's heartfelt, and he sings it like he means oh, yeah. it. So you, you kind of, it's like, okay, well. It's not a comedy song. He's not well. He's not written it as a comedy song. So okay, maybe. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. He's singing it seriously. <laughs> uh, my pal Sean McGinnity over at the Sean Geek Podcast says, despite how great in quotes the lyrics are, uh, this song kicks serious gluteus maximus. It was a Roman gladiator, wasn't he? Um, really? I had no idea the boy could sing that well. New song for me, and please give me more of that. So there you go. We've, again, we're we're turning we're turning Sean. Mm, I. I should have taken that left toilet Albuquerque. Yeah, that's good. That's good to the dark side. Uh, Leighton Brown at Top Leighton says, love this version of it. Beautifully edited together from over the years. Very well put together so that young Raj is doing the high backing vocals to the grizzled old Raj's lead vocals at one point. And he's posted uh, a YouTube link here, which uh, I did not follow. So uh, yeah, it's just a, it's like a, Oh jeez, what do you call it? Uh, like a mashup, like like a collage kind of thing of all oh. Roger singing. I'm I'm loving my car live through the years. Yeah, nice. I, mean, I would just yes. and we'll just quickly. I just want to quickly say something here, Randy. And again, you know, for two weeks in a row, I don't want to be. We don't want to be doing too sincere two two weeks in a row. But um, on our last like a bonus episode, we we did sort of say a very sincere thank you to everyone listening. We do occasionally get DMs as well. I, I get it. I get emails sometimes, and I'll get DMs on Twitter and Facebook of people just being really, really lovely. And I got one a couple of days ago from Leighton Brown. Um, just comment just read out. And I'm not going to sort of read out what he said because it was a, a private message, but something that I, I heard Christopher Hitchens say once, I would I would say, um, and encourage people, if you've ever thought of writing to someone, you know, your favorite artist, a podcast you listen to, you know, a, a painter, a singer, a TV presenter, anything, if you ever thought well, I should write to them and say that I like what they do, do it. 
because it's always nice to for someone to say that they enjoy what you do, and it's it's, it's just it's a lovely thing. And Christopher Hitchens said this in a in an interview with Paxman that was I think the last interview he did, and he said that that was one of his one of his only regrets in life was that he hadn't he hadn't done that more. He hadn't sort of written to people and, and sort of engaged them more. So, you know what, guys, not not us, but if there's someone you like and something you enjoy, tell people you like it. In case you are <clears throat> watching this. Um anybody, and you ever wonder whether to write to anyone, always do, because you'd be surprised by how much difference it can make. I regret, here's a regret, I regret not doing it more often myself. Uh, I have had a few people over the years come up and say, uh, after playing a, a show or something, and saying, oh, I bet you hear this all the time, but you know, I really thought you did great, or, or whatever the compliment was. And, and so first of all, I would say that no, I, I don't hear that, I didn't hear that all the time, and it is wonderful, and yeah, that's... Uh, great 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 sentiment way to way to make this uh a really touchy-feely little podcast here kev <laughs> well let's take it out of touchy-feely and read uh Leighton's original comment he said one of my absolute favorite queen dongs ever it goes without saying that the live versions are light years out of the studio cut but it's still a more banging more of a banging tune than an old banger you know so it's one of his favorite dongs and no one commented yeah. on that typo because Leighton is known for never making typos you know, he's not he's not known for spectacularly failing on no. that front. You know, one post of every five, maybe. But you know what, Leighton, we love you anyway. Rob Meyer says, champion. Yes, the lyrics are ridiculous, as ridiculous can be, but it's done with such conviction. Love the transition from this into the heartfelt twee of you're my best friend. And uh, yeah, there again, it was kind of what we were saying, hey, with, with such conviction. Uh, Fit Light Photography, Roddy Rutherford says, it's a stupid song with preposterous <laughs> lyrics. But Raj sings the hell out of it. The music accompanying it is superb, and I just love watching Roger perform this live. It's a champion, despite the lyrics, yet again, in another band's hand, this wouldn't work. And I agree with all of that. Except, you know, the only uh, band I can... Except I've never seen him do it live. Well, the only band I can see getting away with shit like this because they did is The Darkness. Because they've got a song called Solid Gold. And we never all right, Black Pie says, Autumn or Love, absolutely. There are far worse songs about cats, premature ejaculations and the like in Queen's Canon. And Roger <laughs> delivers an awesome vocal here, a song to play non-believers to show how talented the rest of the band were. The whole ensemble is a belter. And yeah, I mean, I, okay, well, here's a question then that I might put online to see what people think. Is this the best performance overall um, of a song that Freddie doesn't sing on? So that'll be an interesting one to look at. I see that's something we could look at as a later episode too, Randy, about, you know, once we've mm -hmm. covered all the non-Freddy singing tracks, okay, which one's the best of those ones? Yeah, yeah. PJ at New Mercury says, Champion, having seen Rod do this live several times, I can confirm it's better in concert, in a concert setting. Surely the ultimate litmus test of a song, of a song champion this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, I, I, I fucked it up a little bit. Yeah, but I get you, PJ, I'm with you. And uh, Dieter, my Chameleon Day says, rock is about sex, girls, and cars. Why shouldn't you roll all of that into one and get down and love your car? <laughs> this tweet makes as much sense as the song discussed here, but I don't care. And you can go fuck yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know if this is the time to bring it up, but you did post uh, an excellent video, <laughs> YouTube video of people who truly, truly love their cars, which I know I'm sure probably ruined the song for a lot of people. But those people do exist. So uh, you're just doing the, you're just doing, you know, 
So you just like a public service is all you're doing here, Kev. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Been, Thanks for your service. I've been touched by his noodly appendage, and I feel obliged to, you know, <laughs> spread it out there. Um, Lisa Malloy says, it's a stone cold champion for me. I love the transition from lazing on a Sunday afternoon to Roger at his finest. And yeah, again, I mean, weird that we got those two back to back as well, because that's what a lot of people were talking about after we covered lazing as well. It was like, I did love that transition. So, God, I mean, yeah. imagine if we got um, You're My Best Friend next. That'd be a thing. Hey? <laughs> we got all, all three in a row. Um, Richard Hearn says, first point. I can't help feeling that locking yourself in a cupboard as a negotiating tactic may have worked on this occasion, but come on, you've got to question the IQ of Brian, Rog, and Fred on this. <laughs> I'm, yeah, sure, I'm sure he means Brian, John, and Fred on this, but... Yeah. Um, and then he says, uh, second point, if back in 1975 he'd had my old Ford Focus, the car that made me sue We Buy Any Car on Trace Descriptions Act, then he wouldn't have written such a beautiful and romantic song. <laughs> Third point, yes, the lyrics are ridiculous, but uh, or ludicrous, but 100% deliberately on purpose as being ludicrous, unlike some ladder songs, but it's also ludicrously good. His vocals are fantastic and loved it on the Outsider Tour. Even the jokes in the film do actually work. Thanks for that, Richard. Alice's dad, this is 100% a third option song for me. It's not a champion, but it's not dust either. I can't justify dusting it, so I have to vote champion, even though... That feels wrong too. So dust, question mark, question mark, question mark. This is way harder than it needs to be. Champion, but the dustiest of dusty champions. Huh. Yeah. Hey, well, there you go. I mean, I, I would say I would say if 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 Barry John Williams was giving this a grade, he'd give it 50.01. <laughs> oh my hey, well, here's a hot take. And this is Owen Ling had posted somewhere else, I think, on maybe just on the, the episode release post. But P underscore 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 seventy, as it said, should have been the A side. So do you remember what this is the B side to, Randy? Yeah, Bohemian. Yeah. So people are saying that this is a better song than Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> to which I say, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian Winnick says, gentlemen, I think you may be missing the point with the lyrics. I suspect Mr. Taylor's tongue was very much in his cheek when writing them. At least it wasn't in the exhaust pipe. And the carburetor line is the very definition of so bad it's good. Champion, Roger that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Roger's, I don't want to think about where Roger's tongue has been down, down the years. I think, I, you know, the best, best, best not to know some things. <laughs> John Bryce says, uh, champ, I've always wished the band had sat down to the lyrics and came up with better words. That rhymed with grease gun, <laughs> carburetor, uh, etc. Because as all we as we all agree, it's a great tune and vocal, just shit lyrics. <laughs> Tenement Funster is less shit. Great show, Brycey. Thanks, Brycey. Uh, Paul Bradbury says, "Dust for me, but only just. Musically excellent, but I can't get past the poor lyrics and preposterous subject. Also, as Sunday afternoon comes before it, is this the first time you've covered consecutive songs in consecutive weeks? Answer to that is yes." It is the first time I think we will rock you where the champions was. Let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five. There was five in between those two, but this is the first time we've had um, back-to-back songs in in sequence. Craziness, man. Well spotted, Paul. Darren uh, Halliwell says, champion lyrics may be ridiculous, but it's a great rocker. I prefer the live version, though. Uh, Steve at Queen Rock says, a rocker with such swagger about loving an automobile doesn't need poetry. Uh, Rogers in his element here. The six-eight time cleverly captures the forward momentum of a racing car. It's a damn near perfect Queen song, with everyone in, everyone in the band contributing. It's a champ. You know what I've only? I, it's only just occurred to me. And we I don't. I'm ninety five percent sure we didn't talk about this on the episode. 
I didn't realize it was in six eight. I've only, I, I, I didn't, not that I thought about it at all, but I wasn't listening to that. But yeah, it's a waltz. Was yeah, like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't, I didn't count it out either, and, and make make note of it. Uh, Queen Rocks Australia says four points. Four points. Well, people starting to write fucking essays here, Randy. Uh, right. One, you will really find a better example of an arrangement where space is given to the different parts in the song. The lead vocal, drum fills, guitar licks, guitar solos, backing vocals, and engine sounds all take turns at being center stage throughout. Two, yes, the lyrics are so bad they are brilliant. The Carbretta line has only ever been surpassed by Steel Panther rhyming South Korea with gonorrhea. <laughs> Uh, three here's the the greatest guitar song of them all the Beach Boys Little Deuce Coop which I don't know Randy do you know that one oh yeah yeah she's my little deuce coop you don't know Um, Carl Anderson says, too much, but I can enjoy it. Champion. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Rob Patton says, so I hired the hitman this week to make sure the lads voted correctly. Below is the footage of Mr. Randy being encouraged to vote champion. Apparently, was in Kev, Kev was in two minds before today. He's got the gif of um, Samuel L. Jackson. Say dust again. I double dare you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I assume yeah. that's from the old, is that, is that, well, what's that movie? Is it, it's Tarantino, right? Uh, oh, yeah, is it Pulp uh, Fiction or Pulp Reservoir? Fiction, yeah. All right. Yeah, Pulp Fiction, yeah. I dare you! I double dare you, motherfucker! So Steve May says, uh, absolute banger of a tune. And Ben Wheeler says, if I don't get hung up on the lyrics as others seem to, however, even 10-year-old me was surprised by the words in this one, <laughs> uh, still a champ. Car songs seem to generate very questionable lyrics. Greased lightning, anybody? Uh, that doesn't uh, even bother with innuendo. So, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some quick comments. So, uh, Pank just says fabulous. Um, Abby says dust because I can't drive and that makes me sad. And Rob Century says it's a beauty, not for people that don't understand tongues planted in cheeks. Hey, Rob, look, we understand tongues planted in cheeks, but again, Roger had his tongue planted elsewhere in this song. It's just you know, and we just we're just not into that. Uh, Harry Husey at the Cork Birder says champion in spite of the nap lyrics, but Roger, for all my admiration of his songwriting, has formed throughout his career. Uh, I would feel that I could ski right up the bridge of your pretty nose. <laughs> <laughs> Killer song live too. And the Roger Sun song, uh, known by the most people. So uh, yeah, I didn't, that's a great line. I didn't know that. Oh, that's, that's yeah. I mean, you know, I gotta be honest with you. I, I, I like, I like some cheesy ass shitty lyrics sometimes. I really do. Yeah. And, and even, you know, even these, I make fun of them and I laugh at them. So, I mean, you know, mission accomplished, I guess. Like, I mean, we're still, we're talking about it, so. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. You know. Prime Jive Funster, uh, Aaron P1978, says, Champion, quite possibly Roger's finest vocal and definitely a kick-ass rock song. As my handle suggests, I'm a big fan of Mr. Taylor's. The lyrics may be dodgy, but it's still better than the shit stain that is Sweet Lady. <laughs> I love Fred's piano in the live versions as well. Um, and Bohemia Place says, Truly a song of my teens which were happening just as it was released. And I think that's a new commenter, Randy. I don't think Bohemia Place, I don't, I don't remember. I've seen that one before. Tom Boje, champion all the way. Why? Uh, try this take on the song. Roger is making fun of Jonathan Harris with it. Listen to the description of Jonathan and then reread the lyrics, but with a sarcastic tone. Anything? It's witty, funny, and great music. I appreciate it even more now. Michael Evans says the lyrics are weird, and I found them embarrassing when I was younger. But man, what a great rock performance from the band. Excellent live, too. 
and Matt Greenham. Uh, you know what? Maybe Matt Greenham's American and I should be saying Matt Greenham. Because if he was American, he'd probably pronounce it Greenham. You, you know? think so, hey? So I'm going to go with Matt Greenham, still verified. says, um, has to be a champion. The music is just too good. Are oh, there lyrics? I hadn't noticed. And the live Montreal version is a tour de force from Roger. And fuck yeah, that's a monster performance. Yeah, here's, here's just a quick little point too. And uh, I know certainly when I write songs, uh, the lyrics are always the last thing. Uh, and generally when I listen to songs, that's also usually the last thing. So, uh, you know, maybe Matt just just doesn't bother with Because some people just they don't give a fuck about the lyrics. You know, they'll just, yeah, uh, love of my car. Oh, and then they don't, the rest doesn't matter. And automobile, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm Sax just trying to help phone. Matt out here. <laughs> Saxophone. And, you know, I don't think if, if Matt does happen to be American that he would say Greenham. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure. Could be from I'm the South. Sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Keith Austin can't help but champion this one. It's a rock and roll classic. I agree that the grease gun and disease son is naff. On the other hand, forget her and carburetor is very clever. Uh, good car, car songs, fast car, Tracy Chapman, uh, Mustang Sally Wilson Pickett, of course. Yeah, yeah, two great songs as well. Uh, Stephen Jones says, I'm very pleased with how this week's episode turned out. I was worried that I was going to have to back my boy Roger and lock myself in the closet. Thanks, guys, because I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> nice. Love it. Arnie rocks. And I'm not sure that Arnie has ever uh, uh, talked to us before here. Yeah. Uh, I think you attach too much value to the lyrics in the 70s and before nobody from not English-speaking countries understood the lyrics, but the big hits were successful worldwide. It's a rock song, not a poem. <laughs> nobody gives a shit about the lyrics if the song is great well yeah I yeah mean, I, you know we i see where you're i see where you're going i see i and i think we've you know we basically sort of acknowledge this but uh there's still shit lyrics sorry arnie uh, queen was queen were huge and you know they were huge in japan they were you know massive in in europe and it's a reasonable point that you know maybe they in, in some cases they prioritize melody over over lyrics so but roger certainly made a career on that so you know yeah, well, as I, I probably said and said in the episode, uh, I would love to have the royalties off this song, and oh, I would, I would, I would embrace those lyrics if I had written them. I'd, I'd embrace them. And I'd hold on to them. I would, I would make my <laughs> pillow. I'd, I'd have them etched in my pillow, and I'd hug my pillow every night, <laughs> and I would just be a happy, happy as a fucking fat ass fucking clam with all the fucking scratch I made from it. So there you, you go. Know, you know, else would have been very happy with the royalties from this song, Brian yeah. May, as it turns out. It's still yeah. holding a grudge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian Crozier, let's finish up Twitter. He says, in Roger's top three, easily. Daft as fuck, no doubt about that. Roger singing it whilst playing the drums circa 81, 82 was and still is astonishing. Champion. All right, it's on the book of faces. Uh, my pal Paul Roberts says, keeping it simple, brilliant music, poor tongue-in-cheek lyrics, champ. And Andy Hall Radio says, personally, I prefer the version from Live Killers. Feels more up-tempo, and Roger is unleashing the fury, so the studio rendition just falls a little flat for me. The lyrics are among Queen's most cringeworthy. Roger should visit the Cardinal for confession and atone for them. But it is part of one of the very few albums I consider to be perfect, so champion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Alan Dudney, uh, it's my top three Roger songs. As for the lyrics, I honestly never thought they were uh, that bad. Uh, the forget her carburetor rhyme has always made me smile. The song is totally just so powerful. And the live killers version lets us hear how brilliant Roger is. 
I couldn't imagine a night at the opera without it. A solid 100% champion. Always. Sock it to him, Raj. P.S. Thank fuck it's Thursday, and thanks for keeping on doing what you are doing. Oh, thanks, Al. That's, yeah, again, yeah, very, thanks, very man. nice. Very much appreciated. We do we really do appreciate the comments, even if we don't agree. <laughs> In this case, though, I think we do. Um, Alexander Rye says, it's a much-loved bottom-tier champion for me. I particularly love the live versions. Roger giving his all. So again, that, that's the link to the live in Montreal, which I'll probably post it up at some point because it. I don't think you've watched that, Randy. You really should watch that one tonight, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Craig Ganone says, "I can't like the lyric. I can't like the song as it's pants. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's in a great album, so I've got to like it. Having said that, it's still pants. But I love Roger, and this helped him make his millions. Therefore, I should like it. I'm not sure why that makes you should like it, but uh, but it's a disease. <laughs> but it's like a disease, son, with my grease gun. Therefore, it's a champion that bites the dust. Oh wow, what the fuck? It bites the champion. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, Craig, you're all over the fucking ice. You know what? Sharpen your skates and fucking sort, sort that out. <laughs> Um, Ruth Seegers says, I'm convinced this song is indirectly responsible for Delilah. Roger Darling, if you can have a song about your car, I can have a song about my cat. Would this song be meant funny or sarcastic? It is a champion. However, it looks like Roger is bloody serious, which makes it a duster. <gasps> which is funny because Dacia, Dacia, is that what? I, this is a car manufacturer as a type. Yeah. Duster, which is also not a very good car. I don't know what that is. Dacia, is that, are you aware of that one, Randy? Uh, maybe European, I, I, Maybe hey? it might be a European model. No, I'm yeah. not. But a duster is is a is a, a Dodge Duster is a muscle car from the seventies. Okay. Well, here we go. So, but he does say he says, "How you guys champion this, ignoring the lyrics, which are far worse than a woman with a hot dog stand in a cheap B movie, is beyond me." And yes, I will try to fit a comparison headlong in every comment in the foreseeable future. So, <laughs> Donica O'Queeve says, "Oh, I really didn't like this at first, so." Fucking stupid, but <laughs> of course it grew on me as most Queen songs do. A definite champion. Uh, I'm useless at puns. I asked Chat GPT uh, to write a pun-filled review of the song. It was fun. It was awful. I definitely need to hit the brakes on <laughs> using that Chat GPT. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, the world of AI is just opening doors all over the world. Yeah, I mean, look. I'll just I'll I'll be the one to say it because everyone's thinking it now. Now that's come up. Some of Roger's lyrics do sound like they've been written by yeah. <laughs> AI bots. So, you know. Um, Suzanne Morris says on its own a duster for me, but as a sandwich filling to lazing on a Sunday afternoon, and you're my best friend. Sublime, sublime. Sarni wins. Eh, fair enough. Uh, Russell Watkins says champion for me. The music is brilliantly played. Roger's singing is fantastic here, delivered with such conviction he could sing his shopping list, and it would still receive champion status from me. Yeah, man. We talked about it. I think it might be Roger's best vocal. Yeah. Just couldn't think yeah. of one off the top of my head. I still can't. Yeah. No, me neither. Roger's great, man. He's a hell of a singer. Uh, Brian Delaney says, I don't think the lyrics are supposed to be insightful or even intelligent. LOL. It's a fun, upbeat song. I usually tend to downvote Roger's songs, but musically, it's enjoyable, and it's easy to sing along to. Champion. And uh, Serena Shemeka. Oh, this is a great track on a great album. Always loved blasting this one. The lyrics made me laugh, especially the carburetor bit. Uh, champion for me. Oh, yes, the other car songs. Madness, I like driving my car. Beatles, drive my car. Gary Newman, cars. Cars, the cars drive. <laughs> yeah. Especially Peter Kay's 
misheard lyrics of it, uh, which I'm not familiar with that, but I'll play that uh, for you later because it's it's a lot of fun. Drive by the cars, beautiful song. We used this on Live Aid. Do you remember? They showed it over this harrowing footage of these starving Ethiopians. If you listen closely, they're actually singing about pork pie. Pork pie, good to go. Thinking nothing's wrong. What I pledge money, me, pork pie. Um, Isabel Bernier, I think maybe a first-time commenter, says, champion for me. It's a metaphor, Brian. Sorry, couldn't help it. I know some people don't like the movie, but I happen to like it. And that scene is hilarious. James Lawrence, don't hate it, although my wife does, uh, <laughs> but always thought it was a bit overrated. It's a duster for me, though, as not in the top 50%. Hmm, there you go. Yeah, and that's how some people are doing it, right? Some people are going a straight, like a hard line, top 50, bottom 50, and yeah, that's the way of doing it. Mary Cam says, champion for me, one of my favorites. And Barbara McIntosh says, my favorite song of Rogers. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a that, it's not my favorite, I don't think, <laughs> but it's close. Michael J. Smith says, musically, it's just too damn good to dust. So it's a champion, though, on the lower scale. The band Cake do a bunch of car songs that I rather like. And the Cat Empire have a ripping song called The Car Song. And yeah, I'd said um, Stick Shifts and Safety Belts by Cake is one of my. One of my favorite cake songs, actually, to be perfectly honest with you. Or a long line of cars. And that's the one he came back with, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, great see, I see that, yeah, yeah. Lisa Miller-Dosia says, don't get to vote very often. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe the, maybe her state's being gerrymandered. Uh, but this one is definitely a champion for me. Always makes me laugh at the lyrics. And you know what? If they're asking you for voter ID at the, at the polling station, Lisa, you just tell them the Cardinal says, go fuck yourself. You, yeah. you can vote anytime you want. Yeah, you can vote anytime you tell them the Cardinal sent you. Uh, Lyndon, Lynn DeAnda, champion, fun song with lyrics, no worse than Beatles Drive My Car. Beep, beep, and beep, beep, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think Drive My Car is better. I think it's yeah, better. I, I mean, it's okay. yeah, they, did, they did put the beep, beep in there, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds great. Beep, beep, Beatles, beep, beep, sake. yeah. That's great. Um, Pippin Omen says I always thought the lyrics of this song were not to be taken seriously if Roger meant them then it's a dust for me and Mr. Taylor I wouldn't be cross but I would be disappointed uh, that having said uh, I do like the song a great rocker indeed however it's weak compared to the songs accompanying it on side A of A Night at the Opera so I'll dust this motherfucker albeit dust very close to championing oh. Um, then he says in brackets, last week was indeed my first comment because I effing finally caught up with you. You can blame my Dutch parents for the name. It's pronounced Pippin Omen, as in the Omen. <laughs> and great, you got the Absa Funk and Lutely mention. So remember, he'd sort of mentioned that, and we were wondering whether he was a reference back to Mr. Wood's old band, and turns out it fucking was, Randy. Hey, well, there you go. One fan at a time. And Pippin, <laughs> glad to have you on board, and glad that you're going to be commenting from uh, from now on. Ah, uh, yeah. All right, well, you know what we should do, Randy? We should spin this wheel and talk about a Queen song. I think we should. But is there anything, again, you've had a long day again. I, I think, you know, you said you're in a bit of a belligerent mood. So do you want a fighting song or do you want something that's going to soothe old Randy's, um, you know, his old heart cockles? What, what do you think? Well, I, I saw it there on the on the big long list. Uh, and it's a song I love. And I don't know who who uh, who wrote it, but uh, Rocket, Prime Jive. That's what I want to hear. That's Roger. That's that a Roger. Roger. Yeah. yeah, I'm in. I'm going to manifest this week um, a track from News of the World 
for a very specific reason. And that is that In the Lap of the Pods just put out a, an episode with Pank, who's one of our listeners and comments on our, our post. And he's a great pianist. And he covered My Melancholy Blues. They did an episode dedicated to just that song. And Pank broke it down. And he actually played piano in the episode. And it was, you know, super cool. It was a great episode. And then Recovering Queen, that was the song that they did this week, this past week. So Dave, so Lap of the Pods and um, Recovering Queen of both of My Melancholy Blues. I think we should go for the hat trick. So I'm really fingers crossed <laughs> that we get the hat trick. We get to talk about My Melancholy Blues tonight as well. That would be cool. Okay, well, let's spin it up and see what we get. And, you know, I will probably end up with something off fucking jazz or The Miracle or... Oh God, I just, you know what I don't want to listen to? I don't, I don't want to say anything from Made in Heaven tonight. So just there's anything that's not Made in Heaven, I think I'll be okay, but I'm, I really want my melancholy blues. All right. We'll see what we get, because, you know, the wheel generally tends not to be kind, but we'll see how we make out here. We're... Should have kept my mouth shut, really, didn't but I said we're probably going to get something from Jazz or The Miracle. What are we getting tonight, Randy? Well, Kevin, we're getting more of that jazz <laughs> from Jazz. <laughs> um, it's another Roger song. So we're getting back it. to back Roger. Do you know this song, Randy? I, I, from the I don't think so. I don't think I do, no. I, yeah, I'd be surprised. I mean, unless you had Jazz when you were younger and sort of paid any attention to it, really, I don't think you'll know this one. Because yeah. it's not a cut that really gets... It would never have been played on the radio. I've, I very much doubt it would ever been played on the radio. I don't know if they ever played it live. I'd have to check. Um, and it's a bit of an odd one. For There's a, a specific reason why I say that, but yeah. All right, well... Um, Delay we should, no uh, longer. We should, we should fuck off, shouldn't we? And do our yeah. do our stu- do our homework is what we've got to do. I think that's um, exactly what we should do. And get ready for school tomorrow. You know. Iron your iron your pants and fill your lunchbox and all that kind of stuff. So we'll go do that. You stay where you are, and we'll be back with you soon. In a world where queen facts matter, two men, one tall, one not tall, will scour the internet relying mainly on Wikipedia. Kevin Brown, Randy Woods in Seaside Pod Review. All right there, Kev. So we've got, uh, as you said, another Roger Taylor song. It's uh, four minutes, 16 seconds. And but here's what I'd like to bring to your attention and anybody who doesn't know what I know, of course, you know, because we were just fucking talking about this. But <laughs> so we're gonna, I'm just going to kind of list off the musicians on this particular song here. So we've got mm-hmm. Roger on the lead the vocals and we've got Roger doing some of the backing vocals. And then we've mm. got Roger on the drums and the maracas, uh, the electric guitar and the bass. And then uh, he's got some other three, three other talented fellas. And what he's done is he just said, OK, you see that couch over there, boys? You just have a seat, and I'm going to show you how this is done. So this is all Roger Taylor. Uh, at least that's what we're led to believe. Uh, recorded in mid-July 78 at Mountain Studios in Montreux. And it looks like it was finished up by September 78 at Super Bear Studios. Uh, all of our usual suspects uh, producing and working on it. And uh, I think, you know, that was uh, one of the most interesting things is that you've got these talented people in your band, and it's not like... I mean, it's 78. I mean, there obviously were a big band at this point, uh, yeah. clearly. But uh, why, why, not, why, not, why not employ the, uh, the talents of your, your bandmates? 
big head? I don't know. Because if you want to make it in show business, you do have to have a big head. I think maybe two thoughts on that, though. I mean, one is that maybe, I wonder if this was a song that, you know, recording sessions with a band like this, and jazz is when, you know, cocaine started to play a part in the lives of some of the members of this band, and they weren't always all around at the same time when they're recording this album. And it's why the album is a little bit, one of the one of the reasons the album's a little bit disjointed. So I wonder if this was just a song that Rog kind of thought, well, I'll I'll do this and I'll I'll get the things started and maybe Brian and Fred and oh they're actually they're not gonna be for TF2. Well, let's just I'll just I'll do the bass then as well and I'll fuck it and I'll sing it, you know, and then and then think one thing leads to another and eventually end up with, well, fuck it. I'll just do it then. No one else is around, I'll finish it up. Or maybe it's another another song where everyone was like, are you serious? <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe it's one of those where, the, where everyone else just wasn't into it, but, you know, Roger yeah. finished it up and they thought, oh, well, okay, actually, it's turned out not too bad and maybe we throw it on to just get jazz to be a little bit longer because, you know, jazz is, well, jazz is 44 minutes and this is 4.16, so it doesn't, they don't, doesn't really need any fill of that album, so who knows, you know. But when we have Roger on, we'll be sure to ask him. Yeah, well, and I'm sure he'll be very forthcoming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I look forward to, to having Roger <laughs> on our small little podcast. I do like I, I do like though that it's funny because I, I'm I'm pretty sure like when I was a kid I always thought that the 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 album jazz sort of existed as a thing and then Roger wrote this as a coda to it. But the way we're reading this, it, I get the sense more now that it makes way more sense that this song was on there and they thought, oh, that's kind of cool because as Roger said in an interview. You know, it's got nothing to do with jazz, the musical style. It means bullshit and all of other things. And then he goes on to say it's a it's a visual strong word, sounds strong and looks strong, which is cool. It's an interesting, right? It's, it's a fucking good word in Scrabble too. You know, if you can if you can get jazz in Scrabble, big points. Well, you know what, Kev? It just always comes back to Scrabble with you, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, I like Scrabble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you like Scrabble, and that's really probably what's you know. Probably what's been driving this wedge between us for years. You're, oh, you're, fucking, not, you're, not, you're not one of those anti-scrabblers, are you? You're fucking, you fucking you illiterate fuck. Anti scrabbite. Is the Church of Go Fuck Yourself? Are they? Are you? Is one of your? Are you ardently anti-scrabble? Is that one of your tenets? <laughs> I wish that was the case, but no. Uh, but you know, I got to be honest with you. For for me, and I guess just maybe it's because you know, Mister you know, guitar player or whatever the fuck, but uh, jazz, you use the word jazz. I can't think anything except for yeah, jazz, big, long chord extensions and, 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 you know, sax solos. And so no one played in the same key, you know, <laughs> all the yeah, same well, time no, signature. They, well, sometimes Kev, they do. Sometimes <laughs> they do. Yeah. You just gotta, it's gotta be, it's gotta be aware of the key. You know? Yeah, but that, that's like a stop clock is twi- right twice a day, right? They, they sometimes get the same key by accident, but they don't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's. You know what? Why don't we fucking play this fucking thing? Sounds yeah, like, hey. sounds like Roger. Hey, it does. Like, I mean, that's so great. far, I kind of like that shuffle, man. That's that's great. And I've never heard this before. Uh, 
and and the riff is a little well i mean i'm, I'm sure roger's a good guitar player but mm-hmm. you know it's just a little more a little more sort of serious than i thought maybe it might be you know what i mean yeah does it, does it if you if you think forward to a, a band that ended up being one of the biggest heavy metal bands in the world does it kind of remind you a little bit of metallica like a, just a little bit of that crunchy edge because metallica were huge fucking queen fans but it's got that kind of it's got a little bit of a i i can i can see the comparison of, you know what I mean? you're drawing sure i can yeah. see the comparison you're drawing yeah i mean i'm not going to compare lars ulrich to uh roger taylor of course because that would be like comparing Lars Ulrich to, I don't know, Roger Taylor. Like, there's just what's, what's the fucking point? <laughs> so you're trying to say Lars is just that much better? I, I mean, I'm not getting into that. I just, like, I can't. I don't want to get as angry as you in the like talking about Lars Ulrich for any more than about nine seconds will send me into a rage. So. <laughs> It's a great guitar part. Like, it's not bad, it's, yeah. You know, we said in the in the for like a hard rock kind of thing, right? But we we read in the in the we know all the songs or whichever song, uh, book it was that one of the features that people sort of always identify with Roger is his riffs and his songs tend to be a bit repetitive, and it definitely is. He's playing the same you know the same sort of structure, same progression, pretty much all the way through here. But I, I wouldn't necessarily want him to be playing Fairy Fellows Masterstroke or. You know, father to son are going all over the place because I think the the mood and the atmosphere he's building is great. Like it's ominous and it's dark and it's cool. I would say right where you stopped it though, in my my noodle here, I was thinking, boy, this this here's a, this is a good time to go to your B section or or whatever it is. So, so well, you, you know, don't keep me in suspense, Kev. Cardinal is grinning away over there. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty hard key change there. Hey, like a, you know what I mean? I say harder, like abrupt. Uh, you know, it was good. I, you know, he's very operatic, right? It's you know, like you could see you could see Bugs Bunny in his white glove, you know, just holding it, and and Roger like go. Yeah, but again, you can hear that sort of in you know. Well, we talked earlier about Bruce Dickinson's got that same kind of quality that he uses in a lot of his delivery is that really operatic thing. So, you know, Queen fans, we always, we, we tend to do this, we say, oh, we think they influenced this band and that, but maybe they did and maybe they didn't. But you do hear some of this stuff in bands that followed, which again, you know, every band was borrowing what they liked. You know, we, Queen sounded like Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin at different turns and the Beatles and everything else, right? So of course that's going to come through, but 
yeah, I don't know. I I, I kind of like where he goes falsetto there because because you, you know last week on um I'm in love with my car. He, there's no falsetto on that. He's really howling, right? He's really cracking his voice. But here, he's pulling it back a little bit, Randy. You know, he's not melting your face completely. He's just you know. He's, he's, he's dialing back the Rogier sauce, you know. <laughs> Get in the world, the world of that Only football gives us thrills. Rock and roll just pays the bills. Like, oh man, Rod, you're living in a different world than the rest of us, aren't you? Really, let's be honest here. I like that though. I like that because you know it's 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 it's, what what, it's that idea that you know what gets you off isn't usually typically what you do for a living. You know, (laughs) so yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I like the little guitar there you know pays the bills whatever the fuck they're yeah. like this. <laughs> it's so cheesy bring out the dogs So it goes again into this B section where he starts doing his, his singing, but there's a little bit in there where he changes it up, right? Because he's putting in a lot more words, a lot more syllables into that cadence than he has been doing earlier on. I always like it when songwriters do that because there's different ways of changing up a song, right? There's, you can change the the time, you can change the key, but also you can just change the way you sing it and the way you pack more more content into that line, which I think is I think that's cool. I always like that line. Oh, this this verse. Yeah, well, yeah. I was just, you know, what I was thinking was uh, you can really tell, or or if this is Brian May, those guitar tones would not be so buzzsaw. You know, how buzzsaw they are. Yeah, it's like you know, it's it's fine. It's of the era, but and I'm I'm guessing he didn't steal Brian's red special for this. <laughs> I I don't. I'm not sure that he did. Yeah, and whatever amp and head combination he was playing at the time. Yeah. Sorry, just a quick stop there. But and again, I always like that because I don't know how they how that's mixed or something. But the that jazz when he sings jazz, it's really they jack it all the way up, right? The fade has just been pushed up there to really punch that home. And like I said, it's right. a very spiky word, jazz. Even when you look at it, it's got it's all angular. And when you say it, it is as well. And so I think that that it kind of works there to really sort of bid that. It's almost like a, a cymbal splash or something, or a big snare hit or something. It really punches it. Right. Right. <laughs>
Okay, so that's the song to there now. And we're gonna, now we're going to this this weird bit where they start sort of bringing in different songs. But and so you you were throwing me the devil horns there, and I mean, it does. It sounds like you know, again, it sounds like Sabbath, and it sounds like Deep Purple. It sounds like all those old sludgy heavy metal bands. Like I said, I, mean, I really like the riff in this song. Right, right. We'll get to my overall thoughts on it, but I've always, the guitars in this song, I just dig. Now, we know that Roger can play guitar, we know that Roger can sing, we know that Roger can drum, but he's playing bass on this, and we haven't talked all about this. Do you think it stands out as much as being sort of, oh, yeah, no, he is playing a bass line, but I wasn't, it didn't really stand out, or was it just the other stuff going on was more interesting? What do you think? Yeah, it, 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 didn't, it didn't really stand out. So, I mean... Yeah. I guess it's pretty much doing this job, right? You know, it wasn't poking out as great or or certainly not as shitty. So, yeah. So coming up now, we're going into the, basically the sort of the outro and we're getting, we get six snippets from other songs on this album. Um, Which again, we'll talk about whether you should necessarily do that on a, on a record or not. Once we get to our, our final thoughts on this, but now the song, the song's not the song anymore. This is just snippets of everything else. So we'll just play some of this through. How many songs did you hear that you knew? Two, I'm sh- I'm two, I'm sure. I'm probably don't remember um, now, but yeah, I'd have to go through it and itemize yeah. them. But yeah, no, I've I've heard I've heard a few of those for sure. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, bicycle race and fat bottom girls, obviously, are the ones that were sort of the big ones. But yeah, yeah. So let's just, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this just a little bit here. So the song sort of, and it's a really abrupt switch into that weird little, you know, I'm not even going to call it a medley. Really, it's sort of a. It's almost like a fucking pub quiz montage or something. And then now we're going back into the song off the fade out of Are You Gonna Take Me Home Tonight? So what do you think of that? Well, you know what? You want to talk about this now for real? Because Yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about it. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that is stupid, unnecessary. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's like this song's dragon and I should add something here. Let's do that. Yeah. You know, and what year was this? 19, what, 78? 78, yeah. Yeah, see, that would have been a lot more difficult then to do than it is now. Yeah. So I can see, I can see sort of the novelty of it then. Um, it doesn't yeah, sound good though. Yeah, for right. me, it's just serves no purpose. Well, and again, like, and also, like, you're taking bicycle race, fat bottom girls. I mean, funny, like, you've got all these different things that they they don't they're not cohesive. They don't sound the same. They don't. I mean, it's one of those things where it stands out because it is a bit unique and a bit novel, but that doesn't mean it's good. So, <laughs> but we're getting back into the riff that I do like. So let's um, let's listen to the closeout. There you go. 
So that's your album closer. Now I do like I do like the way that starts and ends in the same way with that that little drum beat. But yeah, the end was cool. What we should do, Randy, before we start digging into it too 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 much, is um, do our our vault. Well, you know, Kev, Rogers had a bit of a dicey reputation between you and I, but the time has come. The 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 time is now. The time has come. The time is now. Is this dust? Or is this a champion, Kev? With caveats, I will say. How about you? What does this one land for you? Is this one of the champions? Or are you going to join me in the dust pile? You were talking up that riff like you liked it so much. Well, there you go. That's my caveat, is I do really, really like that riff. Yeah, it's a bit repetitive. And this is where I think the song struggles is, I think there's a good idea in this. It's like, we've, you know, we've talked about this on a couple of other songs, and it, it seems to be the case. I, I think I think this more with Roger's songs and contributions than anyone else's in the Queen catalogue is, there is a good song buried in there somewhere. You just didn't really get it fleshed out. Like I said, there isn't a middle section in this, really. There's an A and a B section. Then you get this weird medley thing and it sort of peters out. Like I said, I love the ending because the beginning and the ending is exactly the same. And that drum sound does sound great. Like it's big, thumpy, bottom drums again that we expect from Rog. And it's one of the times on jazz where the drums do actually stand out nicely. But overall, it's a bit samey, samey. It just doesn't really get anywhere. So it's what your, your, you know, your criticism from time to time is that yeah, the song just doesn't go anywhere. And that's where this lands for me. It's, it's not a, I, do, I don't hate this song and I never skip it if I'm listening to jazz. It's just like, eh, beyond the riff, the bass is all right. How about you, Randy? What, what What's your sort of overall on it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, riff, the riff's kind of all right, you know? But then the, the B section, which I'm sure he was calling the chorus. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, you know, I, you know, I was going to say it's a shit chorus, but that seems really harsh. But, you know, I think I'm going to stick with that. I think it's just a shit chorus. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it's kind of, it's kind of seems like he's like, oh, fuck you know we're at the end of this near i don't know what what can we do and and you know someone pipes up you know some engineer or whatever hey what about what we're doing you know he's like oh, hey fuck that's a great idea and so they stick that little section in and yeah. like i said which in in 78 would have been a uh a, a, a pretty unique thing no question uh but you know ultimately you know as a musician you should be serving the song and it, it doesn't serve the song. Right. And, 100%. And, and yeah. And then, and then, and then the song itself just seems to lack a bit of substance. And, and I'm not even really necessarily talking about the, you know, the, 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 the lyrics. No. Although there were some that really made me smile, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, so I, I guess that's it. I guess it just, it sounds a bit, and did I, you say this already juvenile? It sounds a bit juvenile. It just sounds yeah. like a, like an essay I would have wrote in, in, in grade 10 or something. You know what I mean? And we, or, or, or a song, or a, or, or a song, I, uh, you know, yeah. Or just a song of, of a, of a junior songwriter. And, and obviously Rogers is an amazing talent and, 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 and all that stuff, but it just seems like, it just seems a bit unfinished and, and a bit. Yeah, that's a, a bit that's exactly where I'm at with it. That's exactly it is. It's like, yeah, you've got this idea for this riff. It's a great drum beat. It's a really cool mm -hmm. drum lick. I think it's like I said, diddly, 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 diddly. I like that little rundown, that descending kind of of arpeggiated. Like I think it's cool. 
Um, but there's nothing else really in the song but that. Well, here's what I was going to ask you, Randy. So this, you think about like putting those little bits at the end. The song basically would have been done without that. And everything must have had to have been mastered before they even put splice those back in. Because I'm assuming they would have had the the master, you know, the, the tape, the, the final mix, and then they splice in, because they've had to have done that with tape, right? But they've had to like make a copy of the tape. And then like, how would they have done that technically back in 78? Oh, well, I mean, they, yeah, no, they, they wouldn't necessarily, it, it could have been in, in the, in the, the master of that song. It could have been done. It could have been done before that song was sent to master for sure. Okay. I'm not sure why you think it couldn't be. Well, well not uh, maybe not master, but mix like, cause it, you know, cause that is the final sort of bicycle race. It's the final funny. It. It's the final, if you can't beat them, join them. It's not like they've not just, it's not just taken individual tracks out of those songs. That's how that song sounds in that section. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, sure, sure. It would have been just a mad a matter of splicing okay. back then, splicing some tape, uh, and and quite literally cross crossfading it, and and yeah, yeah. It, so what, it would it would have been it would have been just a matter of of splicing in some tape, and which so again a nerdy thing then yeah. again because because I, I don't know would they have, would they have created a did, could you do tape to tape with with like recording tape? Can you actually just mix, make a second copy of it onto tape? Sure, you can, oh. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so is yeah, that what they would yeah. have had to have done? Because then they would then they could cut that second tape before and not without sort of knackering the master to bicycle race, let's say. Yeah. Well, so so they, yeah, I I'm, I would assume I would assume that they literally physically cut the tape for all of that. Right. Uh, I, I could be wrong because you could you could you know bounce a, a two track mix okay, down yeah, to yeah. another. But I mean, that would be to, for those hard cuts. I don't know how else they'd have done it in '78 without without actually physically cutting the tape. Yeah. So, I, and my my idea is that, but well before that song, you know, so when the song was 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 done. They would have they would have put that in. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It exactly, like could have been exactly. something that done done later or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, it, like that's that's why I was saying at that time it would have been a, a very difficult thing to do, and, and to make it sound as I mean, it's as good as it does sound too. It sounds yeah. fun. It's not like it's not. Like it's done poorly, uh, but nowadays it would be like it would be absolutely nothing to do that. It'd be oh, I mean, artists have made careers of fucking yeah. looping people's fucking shits. So I mean, <laughs> there you go, right? Yeah. So I mean, technical expertise aside, it's just yeah, I don't know why you decide to go and do that. And I was thinking, like, you know, if you were going to do a B section in this, maybe what you could have done is is go major, go major key, right? Because that would change it. That you could lift that sort of heavy tone before dropping back into it to, to do the outro, because again, if you take that section out and take that fade out in and figure out a way to do that, maybe I'll try fucking around with a, a bit of a mix of that, see what it sounds like. It just, if you take that section out, then there isn't anything really different about this song. And like I said, the chorus, more of that jazz, more, no more of that jazz. Give me no more, no more of that jazz. I mean, okay. Again, someone said earlier, we're not talking about poetry here. We're not talking, this is the rock and roll lyrics, but they just feel a bit, yeah it just doesn't quite land for, for me and obviously for you it yeah. just doesn't quite quite land and, and like i said there again it's not a it's not a critique of his vocal because he's his vocal's great and basically the, the whole track really sounds pretty good like it's i got no well i do have a problem with a bit of the buzzsaw guitars but um i guess that's because i'm such a lover of brian's tone and yeah and yeah, his, yeah yeah and, and the tone that he gets when he when he plays so yeah, so you know, so I'm not, and I've never been a big fan of the buzzsaw guitar sound. So, uh, and and it, and it it abounds in this song. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know, man. 
we sometimes talk to when you know we, we, when we talk about songs that Freddie isn't singing. One of the first questions we tend to ask is, well, "I wonder what it would sound like with Freddie singing." I can't imagine Freddie singing this one because it's just not. Which is probably why they never did it live. Maybe Fred just said, "I'm not fucking singing that." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it would have just been, well, "Why? Why? No, I'm not," because it wouldn't suit him. Well, and, and if it was, Rod as great just as Freddie everything. Is, yeah, yeah, if Rod did play everything, maybe they'd be like, eh, "You know, fuck you, Roger, and you go and fucking play it solo." <laughs> Why don't you pull your six-string fucking nylon string acoustic out and go up front and sing it for the folks? <laughs> See acoustic, how well that goes. An acoustic version of No More Than Jazz. That would be hilarious. Oh, my God. I want to see... I just want to see if The Cross or Roger Taylor ever played this song live. The Cross did not. Let's have a look if Roger ever did it. Nope. So he... Never, you know, obviously kind of thought, ah, fuck it. No one else likes it. Fuck all you guys. I'm not fucking playing it then. <laughs> Maybe that was the thing. Maybe Brian, Brian and Freddie loved it in the end. And he said, well, I'm not fucking playing it because you guys didn't even come to the studio to record it. You go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I'm going to go hide in this fucking closet until you guys fucking <laughs> tell me I don't have to play this song. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yeah, well, that's kind of, what's it? We haven't had many songs off jazz. Have we had two? Or just yeah, we so all three. We had Fat Bottom Girls, Jealousy, and Funny. So we did, we've got four off jazz now, and there's 13 tracks on jazz. So it's kind of nice to chip another one off that and get rid of one of the ones that I knew coming in. As soon as we spun this, I was like, mm, I know I'm voting on this one, you know. And it's and it's not a like it's not a I hate this song, and it wasn't a sort of a you know a 90% duster, but it was never going to get a champion for me. So it it wasn't hey because like, nah. you know how I can tell you know like you have a you have a tell. Oh, do I? Okay, you do. Yeah. Well, when don't tell me because I'll ruin it because then I'll start thinking about it. Okay, well, I won't tell you then. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, don't tell I'm, me. I'm not going to fucking tell you. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you your tell. <laughs> like, look, I'm, if it's if it's poker and there's money on the table, then yeah, tell me. But <laughs> I'm sure you know mine as well. Yeah, you just start grinning. <laughs> I know when you're up to mischief. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kev, we are uh, uh, always take our guesses on the what the poll is going to be and actually i would say at this point you're probably doing a lot better than me so uh you go first and i'll tailor my answer around yours what's your guess i think this is going to be one of the rare ones that dips below 50 um now i could be like i said i've I've been completely wrong on this sometimes when i've gone low but i'm going to go i'm going to say 45 55 i think this is going to dip below 50 so i'm going to go yeah i'm going to play it safe but go 45 55 i think this is going to be a dust generally how about you wow I, I you have to admit that's that's that surprised me a little um uh you know what this is very controversial i'm sure 50 50 there you go done 50 50 you mother f- <laughs> okay well i'm just looking here we've had okay so one two three four more so we've got seven overall that are at 50 or lower. Wow. So I'm pretty confident on that one. I think, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Here's where I'm probably wrong. Here's where I'm probably going to be wrong on this. It's 70s Queen. And 70s Queen, is even shitty 70s Queen tends to be still all right, you know. So maybe yeah. people will give this a pass and I don't know. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with 45, 55 though. So there you go. All right. Okay, I, I got to, well, you know, we've talked a lot about Queen here, we've talked a lot about more of that jazz, we've talked about jazz, we've talked about, you know, multi-tracking and all kinds of studio trickery, but i got a question for you, Andy. This sounds serious. 
Which mythical Irish creature would you rather be? A leprechaun or a Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> and why? <laughs> Sourcing that Jesus is Irish? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, they're, you know, they all, there's quite a lot of people over there who like him a lot. <laughs> it kind of kicked off a little while ago over there about you know this topic. So, so either so I can either be a leprechaun, mm-hmm. or I can or I can be Jesus. No, 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 not Jesus, a Jesus. Oh, uh, oh, a uh, Jesus, a Jesus. Uh, Jesus. So like, not, not necessarily so, the one, you know. So, do you mean like that? I would be like Jesus, a, a, a Mexican or a Spanish no, no. man living in Ireland. No, you'd be a Jesus, like the like the Jesus, but just a Jesus, just a copy of that, just a version of one, one of them, you know. Oh yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, and so the leprechaun, he's got the pot of gold, though, right? Uh, I suspect so. But but then you'd be small and green. Are they green, or do they just wear green? I think they just wear green, don't they? Oh, they just well, they just wear green. Oh, of course. Okay. Well, you know, that's a tough one, Kev. Okay, so but an Irish Jesus, really? That's the that's the thing that I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what benefit there might be to that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, you, like, could, so, you could you could turn water so into Guinness. <laughs> You could drink lots of Guinness. Well, yeah. Well, then that would wear off after a while, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) After a point for me, but okay. Leprechaun. I'm going to Leprechaun. What about you? I don't. I mean, okay. Why Leprechaun though? I'm just because you know Jesus. You could you could run across the lake. You could you know you could raise the dead. Does he? Jesus. Well, I mean, he could have as many pots of gold as he wants. He could turn water into gold. No, he turns water into wine. You dumb fuck. Well, no, if he's he Irish, he's going to turn. He's got, but he could. Well, he could if he wanted to. He, he was just short-sighted. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you're changing the rules, man. No, you want to be a leprechaun? That's fine. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a Jesus. That's what I want to be. <laughs> quite like the, you know, the flip-flops and the long flowing clothes. It'd be quite, you know, breezy in summer. You wouldn't, you know, get a bit of wind up there. Get the air rating circle going on. Yeah, but you see, if you're if you're a leprechaun, you get to wear shorts all the time. Uh, you oh, get a true, walking yeah. stick, and you and you get a cool hat. You get to have a a, a nice beard. Yeah, and, and people and people will people will you know you're not you're not a divisive figure. People just generally like you. Whereas if you're Jesus, you'd be a whole bunch of people that just don't give a fuck about. And they'd say, "Fuck you! You're a fucking. I hate you and your dad." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Whereas I don't like you, and I don't like you. I don't like your dad either. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Whereas if you're a leprechaun, everybody's happy to see you. You've got this big ass pot of gold. You just pay for shit. You can stay in the finest hotels. You know. <laughs> Here's a follow-up question: Is it is a leprechaun's pot of gold? Does it just keep replenishing? Does a pot of, does the leprechaun's pot of gold ever run out, or is it sort it of an infinite pot? Oh, well, then fucking leprechaun. Out. That's an easy, easy stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me stupid questions, Randy. Who would, who would pick a Jesus in that situation? <laughs> You evidently. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Well, let's finish. I wanted to ask a, 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 like a somewhat serious question. You were telling me offline about some. Um, you were in uh, Fort McMurray one time uh, performing for the good patrons of that. Um, you know, very cultured and very sophisticated town. And there was something happened with your amplifier. Would you care to re- retell? That oh yeah. Story? Yeah, well, maybe, you know, maybe this could be a little segment going forward here. Maybe we call this, you know... Uh, Tales from the Road. <laughs> yeah, Tales from the Road or something. I don't know, like that. Uh, yeah, this is a little story that I had uh, told you before, Kevin. And I was playing in uh, in Fort McMurray, uh, Alberta, which is quite a ways up north. And for those that don't know, it is uh, 
uh, where the tar sands are and uh, horrible, horrible things are going on up there. That's a whole other story. Um, but I played the casino there one time, several times, and uh, I met the uh, the lovely sound tech there. And this was uh, 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 the gig was was backline supplied. So if people don't know what that means, that means that you just show up with your guitar, and there's they usually have a few amplifiers that you're that you're allowed to use and pick from. So I, you know, the guy showed me where the amplifiers were and I saw a, a Fender Twin or or, or a Blues uh, DeVille or whatever it was. I said, hey, you know, I think I'll I'll play that if, if that's cool with you. And he says, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> just like that. No smiling, just exactly like that. And I was like, oh, whoa. okay. You know, so I, you know, I grabbed the amp and I'm rolling it towards stage. And I said, yeah, so hey, so what time do we start? He says, nine o'clock sharp or thereabouts <laughs> <laughs> so as the story oh. goes he ended up being a, a, a pretty wonderful guy and he was a musician and uh he was just a crusty cheesy old fuck that had just dealt with one too many fucking prima donna fucking vocalists yeah. and uh, you know until he saw <laughs> us our, our faces a few times he was crusty like that and and he was fine. So yeah, there you go. Tales from the road. I don't give a fuck. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? You know, <laughs> oh, uh, you know. If you, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna. You know, you're in the grocery store, say. So, you know, if you don't mind, I'm just you know, I'm gonna take one of those uh, pink lady apples there. And, and the grocer says to you, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that's what we're all thinking. But oh, absolutely. He, he had the balls to say it. So in a way, you have to admire it. <laughs> another week, another Roger song. If I were to title this episode, I'd probably call it Seriously, No More of That Jazz. Or possibly, when a great 15 seconds of an idea is packed tightly into four minutes. The Cardinal show was crusty tonight, but he lightened up thanks to listening to another Queen song and, may I say, the enigmatic and dashing presence of his friend, me. Look, it's a school night, and I have a three-hour edit ahead of me, so I'm not going to drag this out, but come find us on social media and tell us why we're also right or also wrong about more of that jazz. Oh, and don't forget to join us next week when we'll spin the wheel again and talk about another song in the catalogue of the most innovative rock band of all time. Brand new Kiss, Kevin. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.